Welcome to the Planted Mindset podcast and episode four. I'm delighted to be joined by TJ Waterfall, a plant-based human biologist and nutritionist specializing in vegan and vegetarian nutrition to help clients reach their fitness potential. He is the author of the very successful Plant-Based Power Plan book and has also co-authored two nutrition research papers which have been published in top scientific journals. We go deeper into the book um, and I ask some questions, obviously, if you haven't already read the book, which I have, it's absolutely fantastic. It is got so many nuggets in there of uh, information. So we're going to sort of tap into some of those um, as to what are the benefits of uh, a plant based diet. But what also are the benefits of reducing your meat intake? So it's not just for, um, you know, vegans or, or plant based to listen to this. Someone uh, that's literally um, thinking about transitioning or perhaps wants to cut down on the, the amount of meat and dairy they, they eat, then this is a really good episode. Um, TJ really does uh, drill it down into, you know, usable and takeaway um, information that you can implement obviously into your daily lifestyle um, and I picked up some super gems um, that I'm certainly going to take forward so I hope you enjoy this episode. So TJ welcome to the Planted Mindset podcast I'm so excited to have you on um, I've listened to your book via Audible my favorite stream to, to listen and um in, in your book, obviously, there's so many nuggets of fantastic information. Uh, the book for the listeners is the Plant-Based Power Plan. Um, of that valuable information I've taken away, um, I want to obviously incorporate in my own lifestyle and also with my clients. I like the fact that it's all science-based um, and that evidence is there as to why it's not just increasing your intake of plants that's uh, beneficial, but also reducing the amount of uh, meat, dairy and eggs in mm. your diet as well and how that's going to have a beneficial effect. Can you expand on this and just give three of the biggest reasons why for the listeners that haven't actually read the book yet? Yeah, so um, I mean, there's a whole host of reasons why a, a plant-based diet um, is, is extremely healthy. In general, I find it really useful to um, put all of those reasons into, into two main categories. So the, the first category, uh, sorry, this might, answer might not be exactly in the sort of three um, section format like, like your question, but the, the first main category is that um, vegans or people on a plant-based diet tend to eat more plants. And um, there are, we've got studies that, that show this, um, you know, dietary quality uh, studies, but it's also, it kind of makes logical sense as well. You know, if you're on a plant-based diet, you eat more plants, you, you know, if you're having a, a roast dinner, for example, traditionally the centerpiece might be a roast chicken, but if you're on a plant-based diet, typically you might replace that with a nut roast, which is made with, you know, beans, pulses, uh, nuts, seeds, grains, vegetables. Um, the same thing would go if you were to eat a burger, you know, a traditional beef burger might be replaced by, you know, a homemade bean burger, again, made with more plants, you know, beans, vegetables, grains, um, even things like pizzas tend to be, uh, tend to have much more um, plants in them. You know, again, a, a typical, you know, the most common um, pizza order in the UK is cheese and pepperoni. Whereas if you're on a plant-based diet, 
typically you might replace that with a, a pizza that's topped with lots of different colorful vegetables. So, um, you know, all of these food choices are providing us with even more opportunity to add more plant foods in, into the diet. And that's really important because there's really no upper limit when it comes to the, the benefits of um, uh, fruit and vegetable and, and intake of um, plant foods. Um, and so, you know, that's really important. It means we're having increased intakes of um, a whole host of antioxidants. They're really important because they help to fight oxidative stress and free radical damage, which are involved in the mechanisms of almost every um, chronic disease. Um, it helps to support good gut health because of the, the higher fiber intake of, of plant foods and fiber comes almost exclusively from, from plants. So it makes sense that if you're on a plant-based diet, you'll have higher fiber intake. Um, and there's so much research at the moment going into the importance of gut health and how your gut health can influence almost every other system um, within your body. Um, it also means, uh, you know, eating more plants has been shown to be one of the most effective ways to uh, support uh, being a healthy weight. Um, and that, again, influences almost every other system um, within the body as well. Um, and like you said in, in your question, I guess the, the second um, category of reasons why a plant-based diet can be so healthy, obviously you're having increased intake of plant foods, but you're also reducing or eliminating your intake of um, meat. So meat and, and animal products like uh, dairy and cheese. Um, and that's equally as important because there's um, several components of animal products which um, can be detrimental to our health. So, you know, when you take all of the evidence in, into account, it's, it's, it's quite clear to see why a, a plant-based diet can be so healthy. And many of those mechanisms behind the health benefits also support um, significant performance benefits as well. So it's like, it's- That's uh, what it's, I love about your book yeah. of um, you've given, uh, it's science backed um, and, and you've given uh, countless studies and the reasons why. And I think it's one of these points that um, people, sort of understand it but like me um you you, you go into this this rabbit warren and it just mm. gets deeper and deeper and deeper where you learn more and more and more and more yeah and then you like, just wonder why isn't everyone doing it but it's yeah, it's that yeah. uptake is is quite difficult but i'd like to to move on to um supplements in particular mm. um Oh, hold on a second. No, no, I didn't want to do that one yet because I wanted to yeah, for, move, move into the second question that goes into that one. First, first and foremost, yeah. um, being plant based, um, it is around the supplement point, but it's that that uh, word protein. You know, uh -huh. I'm sure um, <laughs> you'd add a pound for every time you got asked where you get your protein from. I would be, be rich. A multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah. Um, you obviously explain in great depth about um, that we don't actually need as much as we think we do mm. um, and how you can achieve it and what plants. But um, so from the listener's perspective, can you say what are the best sorts of plant based proteins and those that are, are particularly good uh, to help with muscle recovery? Absolutely. So, I mean, just to, to sort of recap on on what you've just mentioned that, yes, um, firstly, people tend to massively overestimate our protein requirements. Um, and secondly, people massively underestimate the amount of protein in plant foods. Um, and so it's very easy um, to, to reach your protein requirements on, on a plant-based diet. Um, even if your, your protein requirements are, are higher because you're, you're training uh, frequently or 
you know, some, it can be useful to increase your protein intake if you're trying to lose weight um, as well. Uh, so even if, you're, even if your protein requirements are much higher than the average person, it's still easy to, to achieve that um, eating a plant-based diet. So to answer your question, some of the, the best sources um, for me include uh, the pulses. So uh, beans, lentils, chickpeas, um, they're incredibly high in protein, but they're these awesome sort of nutritional powerhouses. You don't just eat them for, because they're high in protein. They're also packed with fiber, which we've, we've touched on the importance of, of fiber, packed with uh, B vitamins, iron, zinc, a whole host of other vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and thousands of other phytochemicals. So they're these amazing sort of nutritional packages. Um, so there's other things as well, very high protein foods like tofu and tempeh, um, seitan, if you're okay, uh, you can tolerate wheat and, and gluten. Um, nuts and seeds are, are fantastic. Um, and people uh, really underestimate the amount of protein, even just in vegetables. Um, there's even some protein in, in fruit. Uh, there's loads in grains as well. So I think, you know, if you're trying to achieve a high protein intake, then aiming for, you know, a, a, maybe two, three, four portions of those higher protein foods that I mentioned um, is a good starting point. But then if you were to tally up your protein intake uh, using a, a program or something, you'll see that all of the protein from the grains and vegetables and even the fruit that you eat uh, quickly mount up as well and provide lots of additional protein. So it's really easy to do. And then of course there's, um, you know, for convenience, there are there's now really good um, vegan protein shakes and bars available. So um, yeah, it, the, the, the bottom line is it's very easy. So there's not one better for, I mean, cause I know in the book you talk about combining because of that, the amino acid profile and obviously um, in meat, you get that complete package, but on the plants, very few plants actually have all of it. You know, quinoa mm. is, is a good example that does and some others, but as long as you're combining, as you mentioned, like your rice and your beans, you're, and, and it doesn't have to be in one meal, but throughout mm. the day, you're getting that complete profile. But yeah. is there a specific uh, protein that's the elixir for muscle recovery or it's just as long as you're getting the good protein by the fact that plant protein is different to, to meat protein mm. and and obviously there are caveats to consuming you know from a health perspective of too much meat protein or, or of course you know, obviously the... yeah I, I wouldn't say there's any one um protein source in particular that you need to to make sure that you have every day but uh, something that I talk about in the book quite a lot is the importance of variation in the diet. And as long as you're having balance and variation, then you don't really even need to think about the amino acid profile because um, different plant foods have different amino acid profiles. As long as you're getting a balance, then when they're combined, you're, you're getting more than enough of all of the amino acids, including the nine essential amino acids. And like you said, um, the, the research shows you don't even need to combine them in the same meal, although most people naturally do anyway, because you would rarely just have a bowl of grains without some sort of, uh, you know, either some pulses or tofu or, or some vegetables or something. Um, and so, yeah, when you start combining foods like that, then you do have the complete amino acid profile anyway. So um, yeah, it's not really something you, you, you need to um, think about too much, um, but the, the main focus should just be on uh, variation. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you stress in the book, which I love as well, about mm. not counting calories and just combining mm. foods and listening to the body, being a bit more intuitive of how you feel. Mm. Um, but I want to move on from that protein, so not so about supplements, but um, and this you talk about in quite quite de uh, depth about how you know we're all deficient in in some supplements uh, at some stage in our life as you were mentioning about how how bread is fortified and certain cereals you know um mm. certainly in the uk um and that meat eaters as well can be deficient in b12 because that's another one that's another elephant in the room that people always say well where'd you get your b12 from mm -hmm. but uh for someone new to a plant-based diet and this is i'm sort of because i think it's quite an important one because you you delve quite deep in some of the um other supplements required um but so that you don't have any long-term deficiency like say b12 that you wouldn't notice straight away mm. um the less known ones because you do mention about iodine and um, algae omega-3 um it knows like should you be taking an actual uh supplement tablet um or is like spirulina a good substitute for the algae one um mm -hmm. is there something that someone's going to be plant-based think they're doing everything right and then they're actually missing a big hole of of one of these because you talk about the salt and iodized salt etc mm -hmm. yeah well um you're absolutely right i mean there, there are definitely some key nutrients for, for vegans that you uh need to think about very easy to, to get them either through the diet by, you know, focusing on certain foods or making some, some tweaks or changes here and there, or by, uh, for, for some of them, the most um, sort of suitable and reliable way would be through um, fortified foods or supplements. Um, but yeah, the, the most important one for me is B12. But uh, like you mentioned, um, B12 deficiency is quite common among meat eaters as well. And um, you know, in the US and Canada, for example, the governments recommend that everybody over the age of 50 um, get their B12 from supplements because um, the absorption of B12 from animal foods uh, declines as we age. So, you know, it's not just uh, vegans that need to worry about it. Um, and it's very, very simple anyway. It's a, it's a, a supplement um, or you can get it from eating a few portions of um, fortified foods um, every day. Um, and also, you know, I think when you consider, if, if you look at the bigger picture of all of the really potent health and performance benefits, then, you know, taking a, a supplement or a, a couple of supplements um, is really a small price to pay for all of those, you know, when you're looking at the bigger picture, those, those overall benefits. Um, so like nori, I think you mentioned, I, I mean, that's the oh, one yeah. that I was thinking, oh, you know, obviously that omega-3, the omega-6, uh, because that's normally attributed to fish oils and, and that's them. you're like, oh, what do I do as a vegan? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if we talk about omega-3, uh, nori, by the way, is a, is a great um, source of iodine, um, if, uh, which, which is something that can be lacking a bit on a, on a plant-based diet. So incorporating some nori seaweed or wakame seaweed in, into your diet uh, can be a really easy, simple way to, to boost up your iodine intake. But um, omega-3, for example, you can get plant-based sources of omega-3. Um, things like flax seeds, uh, chia seeds, walnuts um, are, are fantastic, uh, hemp seeds as well. Um, but they are all um, short-chain omega-3s. And we also uh, need long-chain omega-3s um, to, to, for, for lots of reasons, for maintaining good health um, and also for performance as well, some studies are showing. 
Um, and your body can convert those short chain omega-3s from those plant sources into the long chain ones. Um, but that conversion rate uh, is, is quite inefficient and it varies quite a lot from person to person. In general, it tends to be a bit better in women than it is in men, um, interestingly, but uh, it, it does vary from person to person. So for some people, it might be beneficial to supplement with uh, long chain um, omega-3. And oh. a lot of people in the UK or you know, in, in the West get the long chain omega-3s from eating oily fish. Uh, of course, if you're on a plant-based diet and you're not eating oily fish, then you're relying on um, converting those short-chain omega-3s from those plant sources to those long-chain ones. Um, so if you wanted to um, take those long-chain omega-3s, sort of pre-formed long-chain omega-3s, then yes, uh, as you said, there are um, algae oil supplements available. Um, and the interesting thing is that uh, fish uh, don't actually make uh, those long chain omega-3s. They get it from the algae that they eat um, or they get it from eating uh, things like crustaceans, which feed on, on the algae. Um, so it's actually a much more direct route. You're getting your omega-3 directly from the, the source rather than, and you're sort of cutting out the middleman, which is the, the fish. Um, so for me, it's, a, a, it's definitely a much more sustainable way of getting your, your omega-3. Um, you know, it cuts out the eating fish. Um, it's also been shown to be, um, well, it's, it's completely contamination free because most of the companies that uh, grow this algae grow it in big um, sort of stainless steel vats inside. Um, whereas if you're getting your omega-3 from, from fish, um, then because we've polluted our oceans so badly over the last couple of hundred years, then yes, you're getting omega-3, but you're also getting things like heavy metals, like lead and mercury um, and dioxins and plastics, PCBs. So you're, you're, you know, when you're getting your omega-3 from the algae oil supplements, then it's completely, com completely contamination-free. So you're not getting any of that other stuff. Is there, that's, that's very interesting. And that's another point why, isn't it? I mean, exactly cut out the middleman as in the fish. Um, mm. Is there a, a quality or a dose that you should be leveling at of that algae? Like, you know, it just should be a minimum at least whatever, or, or so much per day, or is it something that you like B12 because you have the stores, you know, you can top up, um, you don't have to take um, it daily. Uh, government guidelines uh, vary from, from country to country, but in general, it's between um, it's recommended to, between 250 and 500 milligrams um, daily of um, okay. the, the long chain omega threes, which are EPA and DHA. Um, yep. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. Thank you for mm. that. Um, so the next one actually is is um, a base more on a personal level. Um, uh, our skin is also classed as an organ um, and many people find that they see a marked improvement um, of their skin as one of the many benefits of transitioning to a plant-based diet. Mm. However, this hasn't actually happened for me. <laughs> right. Um, and I've actually suffered with more hormonal breakouts. So um, that I thought would have reduced being on a plant-based diet. Um, mm. And I've been uh, plant-based now for just nearly 15 months. So I'm hoping that this might be useful to some other people as well that think that it may clear up their skin. Is mm. there perhaps any trigger foods that could potentially be exacerbated to my symptoms, say like uh, selenium, because I know you were saying about Brazil nuts and not eating too many, mm. or, or is there something that, that may be an obvious um, uh, nutrient that I'm deficient in that mm. may be disrupting my skin? 
Do you know, I'd say with uh, skin, I'm, I'm not a dermatologist, so I, I'm no expert on, on skin, but I would say that from, from what I understand of the science, it's, it's the, the most important thing is just following um, general healthy eating guidelines. So making sure you're, 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 you're getting all of the important nutrients that your body needs, all of the three main food groups, carbohydrates, fats, and, and proteins, lots of fruits and, and vegetables. Um, and a, a lot of um, skin problems are actually uh, unrelated to nutrition as well. So there's huge links between uh, stress and, and skin problems. Um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of skin problems are sort of autoimmune um, related, which, which can be influenced uh, by your diet. So actually lot, lots of people do find improvements when they do move to, to a plant-based diet um, because you know, you're, you're improving your, your gut uh, microbiota that helps um, control uh, autoimmune problems. Um, you're increasing your intake of uh, antioxidants that, that can really help as well. Um, so yeah, in terms of um, advice there, it's, there's no sort of magic foods uh, to be including. Although there is, there's some um, science about certain trigger foods in certain people, not, they're not the same for everyone. So actually when you move to a plant-based diet, you're eliminating things like dairy and eggs, which, which can uh, cause problems in some people. Um, chocolate and even dark chocolate um, and even cocoa powder has been shown to be a, a trigger for some people um, as well. So yeah, there are some, some foods. Um, I guess you could experiment with you know, uh, eliminating certain foods and uh, seeing if there's, if there's any improvements. But, but I'd say as a starting point, the most important thing is just uh, general healthy eating, getting, getting the fundamentals right first. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's why I was so surprised, because uh, when I took it on, I actually did it completely clean. So there was mm. no uh, added sugar, no added salt, um, all of those things like whole food, um, yet no chocolate, any of those. So it was interesting, but mine, mine could be hormonal because I'm getting older. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's um, what I mean by this. You know, there's so many other uh, causes a lot of people immediately turn to, to nutrition and nutrition can play a, a big uh, part in it definitely but there's also there's there's so many other sort of lifestyle factors that, that can play a big part as well and that's good to hear because some people could then say oh well it's my diet and then and then give up on it and it and it's mm. not actually that and that's the point so you know obviously i am plant-based oh well you must be lacking in something then well no <laughs> not necessarily you know like mm. you, it doesn't compute because you think well if i'm eating a wide variety of of plant sources you know from the grains from the pulses to the seeds to the mm. vegetables and the fruit that doesn't add up that it should equal you know uh, an issue but yeah say I'd say that's that's, that's quite unusual things. but um yeah like I said <laughs> a whole host of other other reasons it could be yeah exactly um as you were talking about nutrition I mean this is because you are into obviously uh training um athletes for elite fitness and nutrition is just one part of the overall uh, jigsaw mm. um and I love the story about the client that you had that was was faltering on his um distance pbs and uh, you cleaned mm. up his vegan diet and mm. um, and he's uh, continually smashed uh, marathon pb times uh, a, a fantastic uh, yeah. rate obviously of lowering them each sequential year Every year um, and he was in his uh, mid-40s as well so you know yes yeah. it's, it's incredible yeah 
Um, but you, you also say that um, other important factors such as hydration, sleep and stress often get overlooked. Um, mm. Can you explain three simple strategies to listeners that they could take away from this now and implement to improve their own energy levels and, and perhaps help them get towards their own fitness goals? Absolutely. So do you mean nutrition related or, or other lifestyle factors? Like the other lifestyle factors. The other lifestyle factors. Okay. So I actually, uh, like you said, I dedicate a whole chapter to this in the book because yeah. I'm, I'm a nutritionist by qualification and experience. Um, that's my area of expertise. But the, the more research I do into the other areas, the more I realize just how influential they are and how closely intertwined they are with your nutrition and health and performance. So I felt they were just, they were too important to leave out of the book. So I, I put a chapter on those in there. So it's things like um, sleep, uh, stress management, um, movement. So even if, you're, even if you're training and exercising, um, the amount of time you spend in sedentary behaviors, like sitting in front of a computer or sitting in your car or sitting on your sofa in the evenings watching TV, um, irrespective of how much you exercise, um, that time spent sitting down is, um, is closely linked with uh, markers of inflammation and risk for cardiovascular disease. So um, that's really important as well. And then there's social interactions, which is something that's really difficult for everyone at the moment. Um, uh, but there's actually a lot of hard science showing that uh, the more social interactions we have and the more we feel connected with people, um, it has plays a huge role in um, our levels of stress and uh, lots of different hormones, beneficial hormones like oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine um, and reducing stress levels of you know, cortisol levels. So um, yeah, that's really important as well. So I guess um, maybe the first tip would be to do your best to stay connected, which is difficult in, at this time but um, you know, even making phone calls, it's been shown that uh, speaking with uh, someone that you love on the phone um, can dramatically decrease cortisol levels and in boost, those, boost production of those hormones like oxytocin and, and serotonin. Um, then um, sleep, I think people really underestimate the, the importance of um, sleep, um, both in terms of health and performance. Um, there's been uh, numerous studies now conducted in athletes showing they manipulate their, their sleep levels and it has direct results on their subsequent uh, sports performance. Um, and so uh, prioritizing sleep, I think um, one tip would be to uh, try and stick to a, a regular sleep pattern, even at weekends. So try and keep um, sleep times and wake up times as regular as possible. A lot of people um, fall into the trap of um, staying up very late at, at the weekends and it's known as um, social jet, jet lag, lag. yeah <laughs> um, and it takes you you know a day or two to sort of recover from that so it, it's not a great starts of the week if you know your Monday and Tuesday are spent feeling pretty fatigued and and sort of readjusting that, that jet lag because you're out of your circadian rhythm aren't you and it's totally. that point of of going and and it's not just about when the sun comes up but the body knows the difference and and being in yeah. tune yeah yeah really important um and then I guess the third tip would be to do what you can to, to manage um, stress levels. So of course, there's certain things, stresses in your life that you can't, um, uh, you, you know, you can't, you have no control over. Um, but, um, you know, certain stress management techniques like meditation and uh, things like yoga, journaling uh, is, is fantastic. I've actually 
started journaling myself in the last year or two and it's it's a really fantastic tool um so yeah i guess those those three things uh, thinking about how to manage stress how to improve your sleep and um maintaining those sort of social um interactions as much as we can oh i love those answers mm. tj yeah no, oh, I, I have been journaling and then i dropped the ball on it um and this year i picked it back up and i'm, I'm now really annoyed that i've got that blank of space from from I think about last June where I'd stopped and I don't know why I oh, yeah. stopped but I'm so yeah. glad that I picked it back up again and um, mm. gratitude's in that one as well when I, yeah. I journal so I think that's a big one because we can't be angry and mm. by by nature if we're being grateful and when we're being grateful therefore then we are reducing our stress levels so yeah absolutely um, that's something to yeah because e- are... even in the worst situations there's there's always something to be thankful yeah. for absolutely yeah and all of these things are so interrelated because uh, when you when you practice deliberate gratitude like that when you're journaling, then you know that impacts your uh, stress levels. Your uh, your level of, of stress directly impacts your sleep, and then your how much sleep you get affects how hungry you are and how well you perform. And so it's all all really connected in this very intricate way. It's they're so fascinating. You can mm. delve so much deeper as well. But obviously, I know <laughs> we we have only got a small amount of time. Um, so I'd like to move on um, to some more personal questions, if you don't mind, okay. um, and ask, what's the most important thing you have learned in your life and how has it changed you? And that may be, you may have just answered that. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I guess the, all of those uh, things are, are very important. I guess, um, you know, we've had our, our daughter, we've got uh, our daughter, it's actually her second birthday today as we're recording oh, this. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Bella. Oh, happy birthday, Bella. Bella. <laughs> Thank Isabella. you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that's been really um, pivotal in changing my outlook on, on life. And actually, it's really um, sort of cemented in me that I've always had a, a sort of um, goal or mission that I want to leave the world a slightly better place than, than you know, how I, how I came to it, uh, at least in my own uh, small way. Um, and having our daughter that's kind of it's just driving me to to do that even more i want to protect her future and you know the future of of of, um many generations um you know both in terms of of the environment and yeah sustainability um everything like that i think it's 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 really important no that's a lovely answer that and that's so true um about i think it does change our perspective as a parent it's a big responsibility isn't it and um it's not something that comes with a a, a rule book so Mm. um i just think that yeah (laughs) it's it's one of those things that you learn as 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 you grow um what was i mean what is the biggest myth you regularly come across in your profession um, oh, I mean, we've covered the protein myth. That's one I come across pretty much on a, a, a daily basis. Um, I guess the other myth is that um, adopting a plant-based diet might negatively impact your sports performance. Um, whereas actually the, the, the polar opposite seems to be true. And there's a growing amount of evidence showing that it's actually one of the, the best ways to improve performance and recovery as well. Um, so it's great to see, you know, there's, there's documentaries coming out, um, showing some of the the health benefits and performance benefits. Um, there's a growing number of world-class elite level athletes 
showing yeah, that you list apart- them, don't you, in, in different uh, uh, sports areas. So it was interesting. Yeah. There was a few that I knew, but there was quite a few um, that I didn't, you know, I mean, like the, the Grand Slams of 23 for Serena Williams, Djokovic, mm. Lewis Hamilton. But there yeah. were some others in there as well, which I'm not so familiar with basketball, but but they're yeah. all exceeding that level in their own sports profession. Yeah, they're, they're surpassing their competition. And it's, yeah, like you said, there's, it's huge in um, American sports. So uh, there's a growing number of NFL and NBA players um, doing incredibly well on, on a plant-based diet. And I know it's not very um, scientific to um, talk about individuals, but at the very least, it shows that a plant-based diet can support world-class performance. So yeah, um, yeah I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, so that's a good answer. Um, mm. This one's completely off the wall. What's the okay. best compliment you have ever received? Oh, blimey. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I, I'm often told that I'm uh, too kind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had um, sales jobs uh, in the past before I um, studied nutrition. And um, often, um, you know, managers and, and my bosses would say, oh, you're, you're too kind. You need to be a bit more kind of ruthless. And it's just, it just wasn't in my nature at all. And actually, I always took that as a compliment when they said that. Um, and I always did quite well in those jobs because I was nice and I was honest with, with clients. and all, Yeah, exactly. And it kind of built up that uh, trust and, and relationship. And um, yeah, so that's, it's just the way I work. I, I don't think I'll ever change that. Well, no, um, I, and I, I took it as a compliment. I will second that because you very kindly agreed to come on this podcast. So oh. that's <laughs> well, you kindly agreed that. to have me on. <laughs> um, so I'm going to move into the quick fire round, uh, which okay. I knew was coming. It's going to be 15 <laughs> questions yeah. uh, timed against the clock um, on a stopwatch. I'll just reset from the time before. Um, answer them as quickly as you can, either or, or okay. the first thing that comes into your head. And I will try to speak as quickly as possible without mucking up. So Great. <laughs> if you're ready. I've got to try and top the leaderboard. I've got Brian Keane to, to beat, haven't I? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Let me not muck up. Put pressure on me. Right, so <laughs> off we go. Paul or C? C. Uh, 5K or marathon? Marathon. Skydive or bungee jump? Skydive. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Favourite podcast? Yours. <laughs> plank or walset? Uh, plank. Brussels sprouts or bananas? Oof, bananas. Smart or casual? Casual. Most proud of? My family. Monopoly or Scrabble? Monopoly. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Favourite author? Um, Ian McEwan. Uh, name a famous person you'd like to meet? Um... Uh, <laughs> uh, Rich Roll. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, best business decision? Um, quitting my job to study my uh, master's degree in nutrition. Excellent. And most inspirational quote saying? Can you say that again? Most inspirational quote or saying? Oh, um, to achieve the results that um, only 5% of the population achieve, you have to be willing to do what 95% of the population are unwilling to do. Excellent, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Not very fast. Hey, <laughs> that, that was a tough one. Um, and I will put your score up on the leaderboard. Um, shall I tell you what it is now? Go on then, yeah, I, I, I can't wait that long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one minute and 20. Okay. Spot 40. 
but you didn't take any passes. Uh -huh. so Brian Keane had a 10 seconds, so I'm going to have to have a look on the scoreboard because I think he was 109 with a 10 okay. seconds. So you may, he may just have pipped you only Ooh, just. I like one second. Yeah, but, yeah less than <laughs> I'll one take second, that. it's quite close. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> that, Brian's fast. It's, but then it's, it's like where I throw in that question where you've got to think of someone and that's where he's was as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, Rich <laughs> great questions. Oh, I love <laughs> Rich Roll. I, I listen to his, all of his podcasts and he's just so um, eloquent and articulate and yeah, he's, he's fantastic, isn't he? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I do love a podcast. Um, yeah. So out of your contacts, um, like I asked Brian, and he very kindly introduced me through to you, who would you mm. be happy to introduce this podcast and me to that may potentially uh, become a guest? Um, I will, I'll have a think. I, I've, um, obviously, I work with lots of clients and I can't name their names um, now, yeah. but, you know, they range from... Um, Premier League and international footballers, um, professional rugby players, um, lots of sort of endurance athletes like uh, distance runners and triathletes and uh, Team GB Olympians. So I'll have, wow. a, I'll have a think and see if, if any of them would be willing to go on. They're, oh, they're wow, all plant-based. Awesome. The clients it I work with. It would be awesome. So. I have had um, an ex-England rugby uh, player, Matt Mullen, on oh, my first uh, season. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, cool. That was, that was a really good uh, episode. I really enjoyed that. Um, so I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed having you on the podcast, TJ. Um, so if you could just say uh, where people could find you, obviously, I'll leave this in the show notes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, uh, you mentioned at the start of the podcast, my book is The Plant-Based Power Plan, and that's available uh, from Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith, and, you know, any good um, independent bookshop. Um, my Instagram is TJ underscore waterfall. And uh, my website is meatfreefitness.co.uk. I love your surname, by the way. It's just so <laughs> out, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's an unusual one. <laughs> it's brilliant. But, um, yeah. And lastly, um, out of 10, with one being pants and 10 being perfectly splendid, how would you rate this episode? 10. I've loved it. <laughs> it was brilliant. You're, you're so good at, uh, well, your questions have been brilliant and you're, you're making me feel very uh, sort of calm and, and uh, natural. So thank you. It's a trick question because you're not going to say anything horrible. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Otherwise it implicates yourself. Um, yeah. No, I just want to <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've really, really enjoyed uh, not only um, listening to the information that you've put in that book, um, like things that I've taken away about flaxseeds. I didn't know that you had to keep them in the fridge. Um, mm. I quickly moved those <laughs> into the fridge. But so many little nuggets of information in there that I'm going to actually um, re-listen to it with uh, my iPad had and actually take some notes um, to, oh, right. to, to make sure that I've got that because the statistics and things is absolutely fantastic so I, I you know highly recommend uh, going and having a, a listen to it because obviously you're speaking the book um, which is always nice and authentic mm -hmm. um, so um, I just want to say again I'm really grateful for you coming on to the podcast thank you very much oh thanks for having me thanks a lot well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Um, I absolutely could have sat there listening to TJ and the fact that he was giving up his time today, uh, you know, that it was his daughter's birthday, uh, made it even more special. So I'm really grateful to him. You can find TJ on Instagram on TJ underscore waterfall. 
um, naturally his book and show uh, all of the details are put in the show notes for you to um, see where you can purchase that from. Um, you can download it to Audible. I, I absolutely love listening to books um, and it's so nice to hear the author speak the book, which TJ does um, in the Audible version. And that, as he said in the podcast, there's a complete section about lifestyle, other factors that may be, um, you know, causing uh, a stall in maybe your weight loss or your weight gain uh, journey, uh, such as the sleep and the stress. And obviously, you know, another factor, connectedness. We're all dealing with COVID um, in our own ways, but one thing's for sure, we are missing out on that connectedness. So I hope this perhaps um, episode inspires you to pick up the phone and phone a loved one or text a friend um, and, and reconnect. Um, and just hopefully then that will fill, fill their day with a bit of positivity and happiness. Um, but yeah, it was a, a fantastic episode. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm loving having the guests on and I'm loving this competitive edge that they're bringing to the episodes with the quick fire round. So until next time, I'll catch you next week.